VOC Nation Radio Network Wrestling with History and not only this week do we have audio but for the first time in 10 years the last time that I did a video cast on VOC Nation Jimmy Hart told me that I had the look of Alex Riley today I look like a middle-aged Eddie Monster the voice of choice with uh for the first time ever Mr. Bill Apter and my regular co-host every week we come and do this it's uh, killer Ken Resnick and gentlemen, I am so happy to be here, the three of us, together on Wrestling With History. Well, if, if there was any reason to debut video, it's an honor of the first appearance of the multi-Hall of Famer, legendary, the man, the myth, my friend, your friend, the great Bill After. Well, thank you both so very much. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, not only am I thrilled to be back on the VOC Nation, but also to be with the two of you because I'm a fan of the show. And then when Bruce called me, he says, would you like to be part of the show? Before he could say the word show, I had already said yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think it's going to be great. Uh, you know, and all of us have, have you know, have been either in, in the media business, you know, wrestling business, the entertainment business. And how great is it when you get to do a show with people you genuinely like, yeah. whether you were doing a show with them or not. That's yeah. pretty good. And people you connect with both on a personal and uh, wrestling level. Yeah. So yeah, this is three guys hanging out and having a good time. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I, I just remember, I mean, the first time that Ken, I met Ken was at a wrestling convention with uh, my, my buddy, happy birthday, Jimmy Hart. Uh, we were we were doing a, a show together at a convention and we invited Ken to come and sit down. And, you know, I've been friends with Ken ever since we, we didn't talk uh, every week, but um, it, it's just been great. We connected right away. And Bill, I met you uh, kind of close to the same time, maybe a couple years before mm -hmm. that we were doing charity work together for Debbie yeah. Knight at Showtime Charities uh, singing for the benefit of small children. You were you did. Um uh living on a prayer or something like that and I, and I did my my signature can't smile without you <laughs> yes. well here we are today wrestling with history and for people that are new to the show what ken and i usually do is we've been going long form through every year of the 80s ken started in the business in 1983 so we looked at 83 we went to 84 we just got to 85 and then bill came in and we asked the audience, what do you, what do you want to hear? And the feedback was, they like what we're doing. And we got, a, we got a lot of great fantasy booking feedback. And we're going to continue doing what we've been doing. But every once in a while, we'll pump the brakes and we'll pull off to the side of the road. And we'll pick a topic. And we'll let you help pick that topic. And you have to tweet us at VOC Nation. Uh, there's a new Twitter, Twitter handle for the show, but, and I'll get that for you after the first commercial break. I gotta, I gotta find it because it's not on the top of my mind, or you can email <laughs> Bruce at VOC There's a lot of different ways to get here. 
and and we'll work your feedback into the show. That's the one thing we want to do is we want to interact with you, the fans. We don't take callers though. Ken and I did that once upon a time, but it wasn't a great experience, Ken, at least for me. Well, I mean, it, it was fun. Uh, there were old friends involved. Uh, we did get a few, you know, really good callers, but I, th- I think as you and I learned and, and Bill probably has known forever that most podcasts, people just download and listen to it at their leisure. It's very few that are able to listen to it live. I know a lot still do in the mornings with, you know, Brady Hicks here on Vox Nation, but when we did it at night, People were busy and it was kind of, you know, just the same small cluster of people calling in. We would get, you know, great numbers in downloads, but, you know, it it just, you know, became kind of like a conversation with the same, you know, you guys kept kept hanging up on me every time I changed my voice. (laughs) Although, listen, guys, I did see and Bill knows this guy, too. And David Arquette has a new documentary out on Netflix. And at about an hour 20 into the movie, uh, Malcolm Wildman. Uh, who's a, a famous VOC Nation yes. and fan, was on the documentary. So, Ken, he's been talking to, to us for two years about working with David Arquette on that production, and he actually made he made the cut. Malcolm is in the movie. Yeah, we, uh, yeah that's great for Malcolm, and he was, you know, one of our loyal callers every now and again, not necessarily on, on topic, but when he talked about his friendship with uh, David Arquette, uh, he was obviously spot on. Yeah, we was, met him out in uh, California for the first yeah, time. Big yeah. time wrestling wrestle fest. Kirk yeah, White, I think his name was. Kirk White. And you know who was on that show, Bill? You know who went on to become a superstar that was part of Big Time Wrestle Fest? Um, give me a hint. Her name was Davina Rose, oh, and yeah. now she is in the WWE. And she's at the top of the food chain. Her name is Bailey. Yes. And by the way, the new uh, wrestling magazine that I'm working for, Inside the Ropes magazine, the new issue that's coming out, she won the uh, uh, the top uh, late girl wrestler honor of the year. Awesome. Yeah. Breaking I, that right here. She was a, a great person. I got to spend a lot of time with her. Uh, not just, we did a few things out there and just different conventions. And, and she's just, she's awesome. And, great uh, I'm, I'm glad to see she made it to the big time real quick. Just get a couple plugs in before we get into the show. Uh, Ken mentioned it. Lots of great programming here on VOC nation. You have in the room with Brady Hicks and former WCW star, the maestro on Tuesdays. You, and that runs live. You can, you can call in and interact with the host on Wednesdays. You have Shelly Martinez with Shelly. It's called Shelly live, but it's Shelly sometimes live. So sometimes she's, she's live and sometimes she's taped. Uh, Sassy Stephanie. Shelly. Yes, yes, she is Shelly. She's always Shelly. In other words, she's kind of like the three of us. Even we're, even when we're live, we're not sure we're live. I'm not Hello. sure I'm live. I got a pair of uh, first time in my life. I have to wear glasses, and so they're progressives. And I, I wore them today and yesterday in front of the computer for the first time, and I have a splitting headache. And I got mine uh, two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> for you Can't people who are that. listening to this. Watch the video. Yeah, watch the video. <laughs> you go to One Wrestling uh, One Wrestling Video. Uh, it's yeah, the One yeah. Wrestling YouTube channel. It's right there on VOCNation.com. That's where you can go for everything. Right. She- Shelly Martinez, Sassy Stephanie with Talking Sass, and 
big episode got lots of coverage on the dirt sheets a lot of the wrestling websites with hurricane shane helms uh we got west briscoe briscoe and big ace drops on the weekends and of course wrestling with history with uh bill ken and i i forgot wcw retro with uh the, the stro does that on his own so lots of great stuff at voc nation and we're here to give you what you want and what all of the people asked for for the first episode was hulk hogan and his uh, his Rocky role. But before we get into that, Bill, I got to have a little bit of fun because Ken and I, our most popular episode to date has been this fantasy booking show we did for 1984. Well, I love fantasy booking. So it was, we rebooked 84 without Hulk Hogan making the Ooh. jump. So Hogan stayed in the Hold on a minute. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm always scared, Ken. I don't know what he's going to do. (laughs) There you go. Did you hear this? That they booked 1984 without you? Well, it never would have happened, brother. (laughs) You do a better Hulk Hogan than you do Jimmy Hart, I've got to say. That was pretty good. Baby, baby, it's all good. It's all good, Hulk. I I love seeing you there. It's it's so good to see you, Hulk. I happen to have this down in Actors Alley. I have hundreds of pieces of memorabilia and i just thought i'd bring him up to listen to the first episode here so if you're listening and you're not watching you have to watch because you'll get the jimmy hart action figure mixed with the hulk hogan wrestling buddy and that's a reason to jump on the voc nation and, and subscribe to that video channel because that's I, how we make I money that's so how bill alone. makes money I, and- I don't have a doll here with me <laughs> Ken, we have to get you. So, the, you, by the way, VOCNationShirts.com. I'm getting all the shills in early. VOCNationShirts.com. <laughs> and you're on you, sale this week. Yes, you get. It's a big sale. Pro wrestling tees. You you don't get a Ken Resnick action figure or a doll, but you can get your very own, just like this VOC Nation shirt. It's a Ken Resnick T-shirt. Beautiful blue, royal blue. It says "Killer Ken made it real," and. Uh, you got to get it. It's on sale. Normally $19.99 plus like $85 shipping, but it is there. <laughs> the shirt's on sale. The shipping, listen, it'll get there sometimes. See, you're, Bruce, you're a much better shill. I should have been smart knowing we were doing video and worn, wore my Killer Ken t-shirt. I just, you know, you guys are just a step ahead. I don't know. Hold on. I'm ordering my getting his shirt after the first break ken you can change uh we'll have your hair and makeup you change into the new shirt my bill's ordering the shirt just setting this up so ken you and i went through our booking we rebooked the wwf without hogan and uh just remind everybody who you picked well i i would have said that uh since it was a fantasy booking i went with the guy that wait 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 I don't, I don't, both of you have revealed who you did already, correct? Yes, yes. So yep. can I give mine? So just in, I don't want you to think I'm piggybacking if yes. I pick the same yeah, guy. Yes, absolutely. And, and complete fantasy. I mean, there's no boundaries here. All right. There's only one man who could have done that other than Hulk Hogan. And that would have been the macho man, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, and Elizabeth. Yep. And Bill, I think, Ken, didn't you say the same thing? You had two. I, I had two. And I said, you know, I prefaced them, Bill, by saying both of them would have had to have turned, you know, full baby face. But my picks were either Ric Flair or the Macho Man. I think either one of those two 
maybe not quite to the degree Hulk Hogan did, but I think could have been the, the face and the flag bearer uh, as long as, they, but they would have, you know, based on all the interviews needed to be done in every market with local media, it would have had to have been a baby face to, to yeah. make it. Now, I think, I think that if the two of them were standing there in front of Vince McMahon, the reason he would have picked Macho Man was because Flair was so, the association with NWA and all Flair not, being an NWA guy would have been like, Macho Man is his. And I think that's why he would have gone with him. Just my opinion. You know, Bill, that's a, that's a really good point. And I brought it up with Bruce as we were talking and, and dissecting WWF, that to me, what you said is exactly right. The only talent that Vince took from a, another territory and really pushed was Kurt Hennig. Yes. You're exactly right. Anybody he brought in from another territory, he was only willing to push so far. And I think right. Kurt was the one exception. Yeah, absolutely correct. Who did you pick, Bruce? Well, I, I picked Sergeant Slaughter or Jimmy Snuka. And and I know Snuka wasn't a talker, but at, at the time of 84, Bill, Jimmy Snuka was at the on the top of the world because uh, the, the high flyers weren't really that um, prolific. And, you know, the stuff he did with Roddy Piper and the stuff he did with Morocco on the cage, I just thought that at least for that period of time, Maybe Vince went to somebody else later, but Jimmy Snuka might have bridged the gap. But before we get too far away from Savage, I got to ask you, Bill, I don't know if it was you or Eric Bischoff that told me a story about Randy Savage getting you backstage in WCW. So I want to oh, ask if me. you will tell that story. And then I want to ask you if Randy Savage was um, trustworthy enough to carry that ball for Vince with, well, uh, with, with his Randy wild Randy Savage. Card. Randy Savage, um, and there's a chapter in my book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Uh, there's a chapter in my book all about right uh, that right there particular the night people. that we were talking about, uh, where uh, Randy got extremely hostile with me. With Randy Savage, the issue was uh, you never knew which Randy Savage you were going to get on a particular night. I would see him backstage some nights. Hey, Bill Epter, how you doing, man? What do you want to do? And then I'd say, hey, stay the hell away from me, man. You know, so there were two. That's why I think that uh, Vince probably uh, might have gone with him, in my opinion, but I think that he would be walking a fine line and wondering what's this guy going to do. Very good. Does that answer what you... Yeah, it, it no, it, it absolutely does. Um, and, and was there was there a time, Bill, where Randy um, threatened you or something? I and and again, if you're not, if you don't want to go there, then I'm not. No, gonna no, I'm I'm fine with it. The problem is, it's a long story. We only have an hour. I will right, well, listen. Here. Let's save it for a different time. I think we so let's do that. But the, it out. the 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 issue is, and again, it's well known. It's in my book, and uh, yeah, he want he literally wanted to kill me. And uh, uh, Hulk Hogan was the guy who had to smooth it over. But can we save that for another time when I can tell the whole story? Because it, it probably was, uh, if not one of, but the most scariest moment wow. of my life in or out of the business. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to destroy me. 
Bill, let me ask you this, you know, just kind of following up about, you know, both you and I thinking, you know, Randy could have done it, you know, me saying if he did a full face turn. And I noticed it to a degree, even on interview days. And I'm curious if you ever noticed that Randy was kind of more personable, um, easier to deal with when he was getting a, a, a push and he was going over than if he was, you know, doing the, the job, you know, even in, in main events. Oh, sure, of course. That's true with almost anybody. But yeah. with him, he was very sensitive about uh, his uh, position in the business. And he's also very sensitive. And this goes back to this story about his, uh, uh, how people perceived his age. So, because that's why Vince didn't, you know, do a lot more with him toward the end when he was doing commentary, because he was, he was, uh, it was an age thing from Vince that really bothered him. And the incident I had with him uh, was an offshoot of that particular thing. So maybe next week we can discuss that story, the Randy Savage story in detail. See, that, that went a little bit in, into my thinking of, of picking Randy because had he been the face, had Hulk Hogan not been there, I think he would have been more welcoming and, and maybe not as, as sensitive and, and probably, you know, easier to, you know, or more approachable, I guess would probably be the I don't best. Know. I don't know. Like I said, he was very complex. And Bruce, your suggestion of Superfly Jimmy Snuka was as, a, as an attraction, as a wrestler, uh, he was... As you know, he was totally amazing. In terms of interviews, people used to listen to his interviews and go like, you know, I was shocked when I'd understand one of his interviews. But he was an incredible performer. And if you put him in the ring with the right opponent as a draw, he, he could have held that for a long period of time. Uh, yeah. But he would have had to, like when he had Albano as a mouthpiece, he would have had to have someone with him to get him over in terms of the promotional end of things. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. And I can say the same thing. And when that's when I was doing the interview with him, a lot of times I, I would be, I'd say in the back of my head, what'd he say? You know, brother, in the TV Wonderland, when you go and then they say, and you know what you do, it's beautiful, brother. A lot of times I remember any interviews where, with Jimmy Stucke, and there you have it, because I had no idea what it was. And then I you got the big eyes. Yeah. The big yeah. eyes. Well, yeah. guys, the the thing that people had asked us to talk about was Rocky Three, which was uh, released May 28th, 1982. And Hulk Hogan, uh, I think, spent a lot of 81 filming that, took a break um, from the AWA. And you know, that was, I think, the thing that really got him thinking, maybe I could go make some some money up in New York. And, you know, to set this up before we we get into Bill's behind the scenes story, because I, I I've heard this. Uh, I've heard this. I heard it in your book when I listened to the audio book, which, by the way, is great. Go on Audible, get your <laughs> is wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broken by Bill Apter or your hard copy. I've heard it from, from, from there. And I've heard uh, just you and I have talked about it, Bill, but Ken, you were there in the AWA. 
And when well, no, I, I didn't start till 83, but it was still being talked about. And I'm, I'm saying you were there after he finished filming the movie. And was the sense that Hulk Hogan had changed because of that movie? Um, was, was Hulk Hogan, uh, was he, was he more, uh, I don't want to say egotistical, but was uh, That's the right word. I mean, if you did he to... absorb his own brand <laughs> uh, different than than maybe before? Was that the vibe backstage and with uh, with maybe Vern? Well, yeah, I, I can't speak to it because you know I didn't get to the AWA until '83, and, and he was already back. But you know, I talked with him, and, and you know, I mean, he was you know he may not have had the belt. But he was certainly the biggest star yep. in the AWA. Oh yeah, uh, he was. He was great to me. You know, I had kind of just started, and I was going to begin to start doing the interviews in the smaller markets. Mean Gene was still there, um, you know, and he was going to do the major markets. And I think I had only done like interviews for the smallest market of the AWA that, you know, I had in market television was La Crosse, Wisconsin. So I had done a couple of interviews, you know, I was working in the office, you know, learning, getting to know everyone when suddenly Gene, you know, up and left. And suddenly, you know, I was the guy I was doing all the interviews and sure. I mean, Hulk, you know, had an ego, but, Hulk was the one that, you know, realized stepping in and trying to fill Gene's shoes was a pretty tall order. Sure was. And, you know, out of the clear blue during a, a, an interview in the AWA, and then he did it big time when I followed him to WWF, he was the one that gave me the, the nickname Killer Ken, you know. Mean Gene was Mean Gene, named by Jesse Ventura, but everybody used that. And I always felt that Hulk did that to try and help me get over. So yeah. I had a tremendous relationship with Hulk, was very grateful. But even Hulk you know, told me the story, and it happened like two years before, that they had been calling the AWA office to talk to him about doing the movie and nobody believed it. They thought it was just a joke and uh -huh. never passed it on. Now that's, that's where we, we, Bill, that's tease you up for that story. Because, Absolutely. It always yeah. gets my goat because there's, first of all, as you know, <clears throat> Hogan was in uh, uh, WWF uh, before that as, as a bad guy. And, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, he had this great feud with uh, Andre the Giant. This is, you know, he left, he went to the AWA. I actually shot the match, which was in the magazines of uh, Hulk uh, beating uh, uh, Nick Bockwinkle for the title, but then they took the title away from him. And I'll tell you that crowd was at the uh, Chicago Amphitheater. The crowd almost tore the place apart. He was, he was the biggest star in terms of popularity popularity that Vern Gagne could have ever had and he let him go he let, he let him go. well and, and you know they did the the you know there was no internet in those days so they, they did the same thing at the St. Paul Civic Center and yeah. I thought the crowd was gonna riot you know gave oh, Hulk the yeah. title and then Wally comes out and said no 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 10 minutes ago mm -hmm. you threw Nick over the top rope which is a disqualification I mean 
uh, you know, the, I, I was lucky I was able to make it back to the- Oh, the, I know, I, I, was, I was there. So here's, here's the story as it happened, okay? I'm sitting at my desk in the office in, uh, in Rockville Center, Long Island, and Natalie, our phone operator, calls me. He says, someone from Sylvester Stallone's office is on the phone. And I'm like, really? It's a wired telephone, but I'll use this as a gimmick here. And I said, hello. And the lady says her name is Pam or something like that. And they said, uh, they're doing uh, Rocky Three, and there's, uh, they're looking for a certain type. Uh, and they described the type. And they said, uh, Mr. Stallone saw this picture in your magazines of Hulk Hogan. Uh, if you have any pictures, you could let us borrow to look at them uh, of he and anybody else that might fit the part, we would be very grateful. So I went and checked with Stanley Wesson, the publisher, because he owned the company. And he said, yes, you can send them the pictures. So I sent pictures of Hulk Hogan and superstar Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham. Maybe if you will. So overnight mail, two days later, Stallone's office calls me back and they said they want to talk to Hogan. How do I get in touch with Hogan? No cell phones, no internet. I said, I can get a hold of him. I was one of these people who, if a wrestler gave me his phone number, unless they gave me approval to give it to someone else, no matter who it was, I wouldn't give it to them, not even if it was their parent. So I tried for two or three days calling everybody that knew Hulk Hogan because I couldn't get Hogan. He wasn't answering my calls. So I left messages on his uh, phone machine, et cetera. Um, I called Vern Gagne's office to see if Greg might know where to get a hold of Hulk. I called Arnold Skoland uh, and, and uh, uh, other people in Vince McMahon's office and all this. And so I finally find out um, that Skoland had given the message to Hogan. In the meantime, in the middle of this thing, I had become very good friends with Hogan's mother, Ruth. We were very close. We talked once a week. So, and she said, if Hogan always told me, if you ever need to get a hold of me, call my mother. All right. <laughs> and Ruth said to me, I will get to him. So By the now, way, everybody, not the way to get me. Don't find my mom on Facebook. I, I found if I don't accept That's how I got question. on the show. Uh, that was my ticket to the show. So now, Weeks pass by and we're going on and putting our magazines out. And uh, uh, I find out that all this has gone on. And Hogan now thinks that Arnold Skolan was called by uh, Stallone's office. And I called Hogan's mother. I said, I'm not looking for any credit, but I'm the guy. She said, oh, I know, I know. She said, I also spoke to Mr. Stallone's office. And once the movie comes out, we're going to get you exclusive pictures that you can run in the magazine. And she says, that'll be proof that you were the guy. Ran the magazine. I run into Hogan a bunch of times. Says, oh, man, Arnie Skolan told me or, or, uh, or Greg Danya told me. They're like 30 people. Also, I'm the guy that told. But the truth of the matter is that still, and on my Rolodex, which I'll show you next time where uh, down in Aptor's Alley, I still have the Rolodex card from Sylvester Stallone's office from them contacting me about this whole thing. So that's, wow. that's how, and even, oh, about even as, as five years ago or so, I ran into Hogan and I would talk and he said, man, you know, thank you if that was you. I said, your mother could have told you. 
that. He says, oh, right. You know, it's just like so many people all told him that it was them. Everybody took credit for it. So it's the wrestling in my, business. So it, yeah, in my book, this is one of the thank yous that he gave me the night after he won the, uh, let me get that in focus here. The night that he um, won the title from uh, the Iron Sheet, uh, the magazines were banned at that time from covering WWF because um, Vince had his own magazine. It was a business decision, okay? He called me after he won the title and he asked me to come up to the hotel. And at that point, he said to me, thank you for everything you've done for me. And I, I think he knew at that point that that's where that whole Stallone thing. That's, uh, that's amazing. And the title, the title um, of the chapter here, of course, is... What you're gonna do, Bill Actor, when Sylvester Stallone calls you? <laughs> yeah, so that's the, that's the story, at least from uh, from my side. And thank you for everyone uh, asking about that story uh, on the poll. And I always remember Stallone when I told him about it. Do you know what Stallone said to me? What's that? That was it. That's the whole thing. Hey, I've just got two things. One. Um, talking about, you know, tough, not passing phone numbers or, or tough getting all the people. Uh, New Year's, I sent Bill, Bruce, I sent Bill uh, a text just saying, Happy New Year, really looking forward to working with you. It's going to be great. He replies, well, thank you, but I don't know who this is. It was his phone number. <laughs> I didn't have him. I didn't have him in my phone. So, so I, I, get a lot of, I, get a, I get a lot of random ding on my phone and it's a phone number bill i haven't talked to you in years how's it going who is this you're in <laughs> you're in here famous fleeting no you're you're, you're in the <laughs> after me a number uh, at the big event that's how i that's how i gotten it yeah yeah but no i i'm bad with uh, uh with that kind of stuff but that that's that's a story with with hogan and uh uh and rocky but uh and the only the only other comment you gotta let me know when you get a new supply of your books. So I'm gonna buy one. I'm the only one of the. I don't get that. I I don't get them. I don't order them. I don't supply them. I tell people to go to Amazon, get the oh, book, okay. and then when you get the book, let me know and email me your home address, and I take a sticker, uh, a printer sticker, and sign it and send it to you, and you adhere it to the first page of the book. Yeah, I probably hold mine so I can get it in person. I did tell you. Uh, Troy Peterson from the uh, uh, Luthes Museum of Waterloo. I talked to him and he really hoped you'll come back to the- I do want to do that. That was one of the best days of my life to be uh, inducted into uh, that and also host a fan fest the night before. I, I had a ball. If the world ever gets back to normal. Well, they're hoping to do it this July. And we'll see. Hey, That's did you guys- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Good time to take a quick break. Quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk more Rocky three and we'll talk about the, uh, <laughs> the attempt at WWE doing an old school raw or a legends version of raw. I'm not sure how, how well it came off on TV. We'll do that on the other side, wrestling with history worldwide on the VOC nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy and you are listening to the VOC nation. 
Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIAC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legans every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Back here on Wrestling With History, the voice of choice, Bruce Ward, Killer Ken Resnick, and for the first time as a regular on the show, the legendary 16-time Hall of Fame uh, I don't, that came off wrong. 16-time member of different Hall of Fames, Mr. Yeah. Bill Apter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, a uh, friend of mine for over 10 years now, and I wouldn't be doing this today. And uh, the first version I did, uh, we started One Wrestling Radio, which became VOC Wrestling Nation, and started VOC Nation. And, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads later, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for for you, Bill, because I was doing sports radio on WBCB 1490 in uh, outside of Philadelphia. And I brought you onto my show uh, after meeting you at a charity event. And we were talking wrestling on my sports show. And uh, they had a wrestling show. So I went down the dial and I started a wrestling show. And uh, you remember Frank Talent? Of course. So uh, I took Frank Talent's show. Pennsylvania State Athletic Commissioner. Um, Frank Talent uh, had a wonderful rivalry rivalry with Joel Goodhart back in the day. And Tri State Wrestling. We'll talk about that sometime too, because uh, the TWA was a precursor to ECW. But anyway, I took Frank Talent's post. He left WNJC. Good timing. We started one wrestling radio. The rest is history. And here we are. Uh, years later. All these years later, back together again. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm thrilled to be part of back at VOC Nation. It's very comfortable. Me too, because I left for five years. I turned it over to Brady, and um, here I am again. I don't know why. He's amazing. He's amazing how he kept everything going. The Absolutely. Jingles is my dog. He just came, uh, Hugo, he just came uh, pouncing down the stairs to come see me. What's his name? His name is Hugo. No, Hugo. Anyway, it's an old joke. Never mind. 
Everybody on, uh, everybody out there on video can oh, now see you go. I do this all the time, Bruce. Uh, how, how you doing? See, now we finally have somebody cute on this show. <laughs> I take offense at that. Well, you were talking about uh, before the break, you were talking about Monday Night Raw, the yeah. night of legends. And uh, they, I was thrilled to see um, so many of the legends. I, I, what, one of the big kicks nobody has mentioned at all, and I've heard a lot of reviews about it, was that Tatanka was made up in his whole uh, Native American yeah. old school gear with the paint and everything. Oh, that was great, but they, they didn't really do anything with him. Uh, they didn't do anything with anybody. I, I mean, it was like back save skits. And I understand. Here's my question to both of you. Would that have been different if there were fans? Because I think the thing with the legend shows are the pop from the audience. You know, when you see somebody on the, the Tron and then they come out to the ring, you hear the music, you get the pop. I don't know if it was fulfilling. I mean, I was a Hogan fan growing up. I mean, 1988 was my first uh, as an eight or nine year old. I was my first wrestling uh, event, Hogan Andre on, on primetime TV. And I, I, uh, that music, I mean, seeing Hulk Hogan backstage doing a skit with Drew McIntyre, instead of coming down to the ring to real American, that wasn't fulfilling for me as a fan. So wait, at the end of the show, at the end of the show, and this really surprised me when they had all the legends on each side of the, uh, the entrance, star ever in that company but when Goldberg came out it was like Goldberg was the biggest star ever and Hogan was standing there and as Goldberg was coming through the entrance you know Hulk pat him on the back but I was like this Hogan should have come down so Hogan should have come down with Drew McIntyre I think Hogan needed to be uh, the centerpiece of the legends last night and I didn't get that feeling at all. I got the feeling that he was just another guy. The one thing I did like that I really did like was the interaction between Ric Flair and Lacey Evans yeah. because it brought Ric Flair back to being Ric Flair again. That was absolutely amazing. But the other legends didn't really do anything. And to open the show with uh, Hogan was great. But once they started the thing with the New Day and Morrison and Miz, and the New Day just screaming, doing all that. Oh, oh, I was like, oh, okay, enough already. Bring the legends back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Bill, I, I tell you what popped into my mind, uh, and, and Bruce too, um, the fact that so many of the writers they use today uh, don't really have a, a background, you know, in wrestling, they're more entertainment. You know, as I the more I thought about it during the show, I kind of took away that the 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 talent and writer said, okay, yeah, you're gonna have a, a, all these guys, but they they're not gonna produce anything. We're not gonna be using them, so just show them for a second, and then we got to get with you know people that we're gonna be using. That that it was the the writers that that didn't seem, and I Bill, I agree completely, didn't really show them the respect, but also didn't have the history of who they really were to the business to use them as how they should have been. You know, they really had no horizon 
uh, like you said, it was great to see Tatanka, but I'm sure the talent was, you know, the writers were going, who? Yeah. You know, what would have been great that this, and I thought about this after the show. And I thought that Drew McIntyre and uh, Keith Lee put on an old school wrestling yep. match. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yep. It, it, was, yep. it was an AWA match. But what they could have done was put chairs in the ring or on the stage and done a 10 minute, I know it's airtime and they're trying to promote things, but done a 10 minute little Q&A about tell, uh, Hulk, uh, Mickey James, uh, Tatanka, tell us what your greatest match in the WWE was and just go down and give everybody the mic just for, wow, that was a segment with the legends. That, that's why I watched it tonight. Well, but I, I think, you know, the, the audience they're cultivating probably would not have known who half those people were. And you know, the, the, the biggest takeaway I had, and Bill, when you talked about when, when they brought Goldberg out at the end to, to set up, you know, this match with, with Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. I mean, they didn't finish it. They 10 o'clock, boom, USA cut them off. It was like, you know, they were still in the middle of it, and all of a sudden the next show was on. Yeah, once he pushed, once he pushed Drew McIntyre down, that was it. They did run the uh, uh the aftermath on Twitter and uh um uh, and on the WWE um, website. But uh uh yeah, I was like when Goldberg pushed him down, I was like, holy and then right, the new another show started. And, and, and I'm thinking. In the old days, had that have happened, Vince would have, you know, whoever the producer was, would have been gone instantly. And I also remember it, was, it wasn't that long ago that when Raw ran over, USA would let it run over. Mm-hmm. Many times Raw would go to 10.03, even sometimes 10.06. Yeah. And they but- would push all, all the programming back. But it's almost like, they're not doing the, the giant ratings. So USA said, hey, 10 o'clock, you're gone. If, if the producer got in trouble, he would say, but Vince, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory. I have a theory about that, that I'm not ready to publicly bring. I know where you're going. Yeah. I know where you're going. Yeah. That'll but that'll I, come I, out on, on on one show. Well, I'll I'll keep uh, I'll keep baiting you off the air and uh, trying to get you to tell it. I've I've heard you say it, so uh, no, I want to want to know what think, Bill After thinks of uh, of uh, the behind the scenes WWE. Behind the scenes, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it one day. Uh, but but my feeling was that that night, two nights ago, or whenever you're watching this of. Uh, Raw legend. I, I expected, yes, or I listening. expected. I know, but I'm 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 a broadcaster both ways, you know, video and audio here. But uh, what I'm saying is that I think that they pushed that this was going to be a special night of the legends. But I really, like Ken said, there were little sprinkles of the legends. It didn't give me the satisfaction uh, that I wanted after they promoted that this was going to be a special night with the legends. Now, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, or Bruce, I know you watched it too, and, and maybe, you know, I, I might have missed it. In fact, I'll be honest, I, the only reason I watched it was because Sard sent me a text that he was going to be on Raw with a bunch of, of legends. 
Magic. There was a couple, and it took me, you know, a couple quick shots to realize that Jeff Jarrett was there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They never I announced him. Ever even mentioned him. Why I mean, I was trying to say, who is that in the cowboy hat? Why didn't they do a thing with he and Elias? That would have been perfect. I, you know, I, again, you know, that that's my was there. supposition and, and I'm not casting any aspersions, but I think of a lot, a lot of the current writers, you know, they said, oh, Jeff Jarrett, so they, most of them were probably going, who's that? You know, I, I, I was, uh, and, and you're right. I love the match, you know, with Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre at the end. It, it, it was the first time, you know, it really had some old school psychology. It, it didn't look, you know, completely choreographed. You know, I thought it was one of the best matches on, on Raw. But, but I, the I end of it. But exactly. The end of it, where he was going to make them, they were going to shake hands and make a whole nice thing, which would have been great. You never saw Keith Lee get out of the ring. Goldberg came right out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and, and I I have a, a feeling that they realized they were running long and running late. I'm guessing, you know, whether it was Vince or whoever was in the gorilla position sent Goldberg. You know, they they cut off. Uh, and you're right. You know, Drew. You know, needed to do that to to solidify. You know, he's a face. And I'm guessing they were looking at the clock, knowing USA would only let them go till 10 o'clock. I'm betting whoever was in the gorilla just sent Goldberg down that not only did they run out of time on the Goldberg McIntyre angle, but I think they cut off whatever McIntyre and Lee were supposed to do. Yes. But here's, here's the thing guys. And, and this is the thing that's hard for me. There's two things. First, you know, we're all old school fans. And I think most of the people that listen to this show are old school fans. And I think we left that broadcast feeling very underwhelmed and unfulfilled. So Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. The second thing is you set up Drew McIntyre as a super baby face. You have Hulk Hogan doing a promo with them. Jimmy Hart back there doing his thing. And, and then you end the show with Goldberg who is also a super baby face, right? In a perfect world coming down and telling McIntyre that he's disrespectful. Like that came out of nowhere. Who, wrote, Randy who writes this stuff? That's supposed to be Randy Orton. Yeah. But did he, did he come down and attack the wrong guy? Did Bill miss a cue and not come out in the right wait segment? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, while we're talking about this now, I want to back up and rewind to something that really bothered me. And there was no justification for it whatsoever. The way Randy Orton got into Ric Flair's face. You saw that, right? Right. Telling him that he's a nobody. He's not Ric Flair anymore. He couldn't do this anymore. You're an old man. He down, he, why they had him do this to Ric Flair last night and then not have Flair like do something to get back at him. Why did they do that? Why not use Mike Rotundo instead? Why not Mike Rotundo jump up and say, hey, you burned my son alive like, you know, oh, a couple weeks ago? You're not supposed to know it's his son. So. Well, but it, we do. Everything else, I mean. Not, a, not everybody's a smart we, fan, we Bruce. We do, but I think the average viewer of Raw doesn't. 
But Bill, let me, and this is what, what I've said that sometimes watching it, it's like my head wants to explode because I grew up, you know, old school. Earlier in the night, as you alluded to, we all love the fact the interaction with Ric Flair and Lacey Evans brought Ric Flair back to the forefront. Right. You know, it was great. I loved it. You mentioned it. You loved it. And then after doing that, then they have Randy Orton kill him again. Oh, it's worse than kill him. Yeah. It's like it just it it doesn't make any sense. And and the other thing, you know, I took away and, you know, I've talked about this on, you know, previous shows with Bruce is that, you know, part of it is I think, you know, the, the demographic they're trying to play to is, you know, instant gratification. I mean, whenever in the business did you see a main event at one of the major pay-per-views, the Royal Rumble, Goldberg and McIntyre, with absolutely no backstory to it whatsoever? It's just like, here. Shock value. Yeah, but I mean, no backstory, just it's like, okay, it was like you said, it's like kind of two baby faces for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost like they use the legends to set up that whole respect thing like gold i think you know the one of the reasons they center they centered around goldberg is he's one of the few legends that'll pass a physical and can you know was big enough to to do this and and still get in the ring but i mean at some point don't you have to stop going back to him because even the last time with the undertaker i think i think the fans are just tired of goldberg he's not a wwe guy and he's never really been that over with that crowd well, I, th- I think he has, Bruce. I mean, in my opinion, I think he has. But the interaction between he and Drew McIntyre, the way it built to, to a crescendo with, you know, I, like this, I feel like I'm going to wrestle my father. <laughs> the way Goldberg reacted to that was amazingly really good. It was almost real there. I, I mean, that's the, what I got out of this. But I just would have liked to have seen, I know that they, they have to move toward uh, an angle going toward the Royal Rumble, but I think it could have been done differently to not spoil the impact of all the legends being up there. All the legends were at this point, like you're out of the picture right now. This is all about Goldberg. Well, you know, Bill and, and Bruce, I think one of the other reasons when you think about it, if you look at all the, the big name legends of today, and, you know, you know, I don't think rock is ever going to work anymore. I don't think Stone Cold is ever going to work anymore. If you think about the really legendary names that we all associate with WWF, Goldberg's one of the few that will still work. Right. Yeah, I mean, Hulk's back. He can't, you know, I mean, in, in some ways, it's a process of elimination. How many of the big names could actually you know get in the ring and and work to a degree today yeah but why is the, the whole reason oh, yeah. there's no real why to what they did well is it bill is this triple h or bruce pritchard or vince mcmahon saying tony khan ran out sting on dynamite and sting is think of that that's great yes bringing that audience in very good point is this them saying we got to respond and we're going to use goldberg 
Great that's our that that could well be. Uh, have a, a I never thought about that. It's a great point. I, I, that could well have have a lot to do with it. They also had, and I don't remember who came out to it, but they had a a graphic, a video of like snow before somebody came out last night. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, Sting's back. Who was <laughs> that? Do you remember? Um. I, I was uh, skimming, so I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I figured, well, somebody out there will look. Uh, I, I, I remember it. And again, it was kind of one of those things that made no sense. It was just kind of there. Um, Ken and I did this format so we didn't have to watch every week, Bill. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I don't, you know, I watch it every week. I watch SmackDown. I watch yeah. uh, uh, AEW. I, I, try, I watch NXT. I channel turn. I'm back like WCW, WWE sometimes on there. Um, but uh, just just the bottom line on this whole thing is I wanted to be more fulfilled by a legend show and at 10 o'clock go like, wow, that was great. That was nostalgic. I, I'm so glad they did that. But then again, there's no marketing and there's no money in, in, in doing that. It's just yeah. trying to bring view. Did they gain more viewers? I haven't seen the ratings yet. Did they gain more viewers because... They advertised that Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair were going to be on the show. That's a possibility, but Ric Flair has been on the show quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, Flair that, 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 that was, as I mentioned, my biggest takeaway. They get, they build Rick back up. They, they get him involved. It's like they're trying to build something, you know, animosity with Charlotte, the thing with Lacey Evans. It was great. I'm thinking, you know, it, it's great to see they're paying Rick the respect he's due kind of, you know, I don't know in what way, but they're, they're putting him back in the limelight to a degree. And then they just have Randy Orton. Like I got an idea. Rip I got an angle. I got an Do angle. It. You ready? You're writing it. So next week, next week, Charlotte Flair sees Randy Orton in the hallway and smacks him as hard as she can. Says, don't you ever talk to my father like that. WrestleMania, Randy Orton versus Charlotte Flair. First, <laughs> first woman versus man. The the continuity. You're laughing. You're laughing. Yet people would come to see that. Well, except for the fact that they, I mean, Rick basically turned on Charlotte because he couldn't he couldn't keep himself under control. Like, don't don't just, say that. Don't say turned on Charlotte. I always, in the magazines I always used to say turned against, not turned on. Turned against Charlotte, <laughs> but but. All of those little skits, and, and this is another thing that, that for me, it fell flat. They, I mean, these legends weren't r running with scripts back in the day. Maybe on a Saturday night's main event, Dick Ebersol's giving him a specific line he wants to get in, but not like it is today. And like the, the thing with Jimmy Hart seemed very rehearsed. I mean, the Ric Flair um, spot where, you know, he's interacting with Lacey Evans. It didn't feel genuine. It, it just didn't for me at watching it as a fan. I liked it. It was Ric Flair. Well, I guess, I mean, then, then it accomplished what they wanted. But It was Ric Flair trying to be Ric Flair. I want it more. Let's take a quick, uh, quick break, you know, a couple minutes, and then we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll wrap up the, I just want to revisit the Rocky stuff uh, one more time and ask you a question, Bill, sure. and then we'll uh, we'll set up next week. So wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation radio network. If you want to interact with us and give us your ideas for future shows, you tweet at VOC Nation uh, or you can email Bruce at VOC Nation dot com. 
Bill or be after at one wrestling.com. And uh, Ken, I'm not going to give your personal email out on the air just yet. I've uh, got his phone number though, but you can reach Ken through. Yeah, me. Fine. That's what I said to Bill. I, I, I texted him back and when he, you know, when he said, I don't know who this is. And I told him and he, and then he texted he texted me. He said, you're not, you're in my contacts. And I said, I knew sooner or later I hit the big time. I mean, Bill Apter's contacts. <laughs> Bill, or you can tweet me at after one wrestling. There you go. I, I have, we have to work that in wrestling with history. Don't I have a Twitter or something that you told me you do. I got to find it, Ken. I have <laughs> to get it during the break. I got to queue it up. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're exposing me here. <laughs> wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC nation radio network. Hey, everybody, this is Badass Billy Gunn, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. Now, of course, if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation Radio Network Wrestling with History. This is the first show with uh, not only Killer Ken Resnick, the voice of choice Bruce Wirt, but the legendary Bill Apter, author of Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. And he is the uh, the man behind the Apter mags, but he'll tell you if you ask him and you get into conversation that uh, he wasn't the only man at the Apter mags, but people thought you were for many years, Bill. Well, that's great. I work with great teams that put that magazine out, but I was the guy out in the field and out on TV promoting everything. And uh, uh, Dave Meltzer gave it the, 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 uh, the trademark, the after mags. So next week, guys, uh, I want to talk about the Randy Savage stuff because I think um, that's interesting. Uh, but the other thing that I want to get into next week a little bit more, Ken and I have talked about this in the past, but the whole idea of the name on the marquee. And if I think back to wrestling wrestling's golden ages it was always about big stars and people coming to see big stars and the wwe at least has tried to reinvent themselves as they're the reason for people coming out and i'm not sure that it it's working we'll see post pandemic if people come out but let's talk about that next week um bill i want to close by asking you in the spirit of rebooking 1984 without hulk hogan who else could have played that role in Rocky Three? Who, who could have done it? Superstar Billy Graham. If you hadn't gotten Superstar to root, Superstar Billy Graham could have played Superstar that. Billy Graham. Ken, what do you think? Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I agree completely. Uh, if it wasn't Hulk, Superstar Billy Graham, you know, had the massive muscles, you know, the look, the long hair. Um, well, the I, hair. <laughs> um, wasn't he doing karate in Japan back in? <laughs> no, that was. I, I don't know. If he, I don't. I don't think he had. He had gone to that in '82 yet. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he would. He would have been an excellent uh, person to have done that because he had the size and he had the charisma. They needed somebody with that Hogan charisma, and Hogan was like a Graham. And they, mm -hmm. do you know that one of the things? before we go off the air here, that people always say, well, Hogan, you know, credited, he wanted to be like superstar Billy Graham. When I interviewed Hogan the first time, do you know who he told me he patterned Hulk Hogan after? Was it Billy Graham? No, it was Austin Idol. Austin Idol. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that from yeah. you before. Yeah. Huh. Actually, Austin Idol, had he been a little bulkier and all that, he would have been another good choice for that role because he had that personality as well. 
But did, did, he didn't have quite the height, did he? No, no. Yeah. But then again, in the movies, you can make anybody tall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Stallone is actually pretty short. Who's that? Stallone is actually. Pretty oh yeah. Short. Yes. Yes. I met him. Yeah. Yeah, the, the movie for for me, you know, I couldn't think of anybody. I mean, I was just thinking about it during the show. But I guess Billy Graham, the, the thing about Billy Graham that probably would have worked is he was just a natural heel. I mean, he was never really a baby face until the very end. And I mean, he he would have he probably would have rocked it. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, good choice. Absolutely. He, good choice. he was a little like the, the Road Warriors in that he was a heel, but he was so good at what he did. A lot of the fans liked him just because they were appreciative of how good he was in the ring, you know, and the persona. Absolutely. At Madison Square Garden, when he would come into the ring against good guys, I still call them good guys and bad guys, good guys and rule breakers, but he'd come in there and fans would go crazy. Bill, Billy Graham, and, and uh, we'll wrap in a second, but Billy Graham, I've heard his promos, and I've heard the exact same stuff from Dusty Rhodes. So who was copying who back in the 1970s? I just think that was, uh, it, was, it, was a, uh, it was the heir of Muhammad Ali back in uh, those days. And that, you know, the American dream Dusty Rhodes tried to talk like, like him and superstar Billy Graham just roughed it up a little bit more. The man know? of the hour, the man in the power, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, baby. If you will. <laughs> you know, with, with, with all you guys doing impressions tonight, I, I, I feel left out. So yeah. here, here's Muhammad Ali if he was leaving a message for Bill Apter on his answering machine. Here we go. You have reached the home of someone great. After's not here now, he's probably late. But leave your message and he'll call you back at the end of the next round. That's fabulous. That's good, Ken Resnick. Ken Resnick as Muhammad Ali. I did not know that. Now, wait a second. Wait at a, a second. theater near you. Wait a second. Here, I've got a phone. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Look at that. You know, one of the things we have to do on this show that people have asked for is some of your top tens, Bill, some of the top tens over the years. We got to look through some of those old magazines. Oh, sure. I was the guy that did the rankings back in those days. So, yeah, we would, would absolutely love to do that. All right. Lots of things that we can do. You can tweet at Resnick after VOC. That is the Twitter handle for the show. We save the uh, crescendo for the end of the show. It's at Resnick after VOC. That's at least what it is for now. We might shorten it, making it simple. You can also search wrestling with history on Twitter and it'll come up. Visit VOCNation.com and you can get all of the fabulous VOC Nation programming. Make sure to go to VOCNationShirts.com. Get your killer Ken made a real shirt. All of the VOC Nation shirts, like the one I'm modeling for the video. And don't forget, if you're listening to audio and you want to see what this looks like for the very first time, head over to VOC Nation, click the video link, and uh, it'll route you to the One Wrestling Video channel where Bill Apter uh, does lots of things. But we'll have this up. Uh, probably uh, this, this will drop on Wednesday. So give us uh, by Saturday or Sunday. I promise you'll see. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Did you have fun for the first time? Uh, I loved Ken it. And I, I loved Bill? it. 
I cannot wait to uh, come back. Uh, can we do this again later? Not today. Oh, boo. I have no. a headache. These, these glasses, my first pair of glasses, and uh, I just need to go to sleep. This is terrible. Well, no, thank you both for uh, uh, opening the, uh, your arms to me here. And this is, oh. I, I, can't, I can't wait uh, to do this. You can tell we're all getting old. We're all sitting far enough back no. from the screen where we don't have to get reading glasses to read it. <laughs> no, I refuse to get old there. I just, a little unshaven, but that's it. All right. For the well, I, I was used to say, growing old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. There you go. Like that. Way to end it. Uh, for the legendary Bill Apter and Killer Ken Resnick, I'm the voice of choice, Bruce Word. I'm going to ask you guys to send us off with your trademark sayings. First, Bill, and then Ken. Well, we'll see you at the matches eventually. Whatever you do, don't you dare miss it. Right here is the future of wrestling.